0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.
1: It's a Dapper Devil production. See. Uh, hello everyone, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of
2: Glee. Glee. Aggressive!
1: Um, I am Karina Stokes.
2: And I am Ian Brodsky.
1: And we're back, baby! We're back, baby! Uh, Season
2: 2, coming at you!
1: Oh, it rhymed. We are here to talk to you about the Season 2 premiere, Season 2, Episode 1 of Glee, titled, Audition. Right. And it originally aired September 21st of 2010. Almost a... 11 years ago to the day
2: yeah almost my birthday too
1: yeah this is your birthday episode of glee congratulations yes.
2: thank you so much oh um before we go any further um yes. congratulations karina who is now again married uh to the same married person twice. yeah yeah married been twice more married than before pers- exactly That's
1: True. we've just been double married um which is why we were gone for so long because it turns out even when you're doing it for a second time it's still stressful yep um and as you might have heard, we are not alone to discuss this delightful episode. No, Please we're welcome not. welcome returning guest. It's me, Rascal. I, I can't do... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've returned again. Get- I gotta say, this is the best I've ever heard an intro go. <laughs> it's going great so far. Um, Hot damn. I was on last did, to talk about the... Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, Throwdown
1: yeah
2: yes, that was yeah. a while ago. Yeah.
1: um, not to typecast you, but we have brought you on um specifically to talk about this episode, not because you are a very smart and articulate person, also for those reasons. um but there's a lot of things to discuss about being Asian in this one. Oh yeah, and I'm that's the, a little bit you're I'm the Asian
0: consultant. Um, and which, boy, in, I wish, let me just say, <laughs> wish that didn't happen. we're all about to
1: make the same, just, yeah. we're all about to make the same joke, which is at least we were able to get an Asian consultant. <laughs> clearly did
0: not. Yeah, boy, it would be, it would have been a great idea if they had tried that. Um, you think they would if have, ca- they Murphy would have asked you like your move, any Ryan of the Murphy. many Asians that they have in the cast, but instead they just kind of, uh,
1: did a lot of other things
2: it's too much.
1: They did something. They made some choices. But we'll get to that Um, Let's discuss this episode of Glee So this is the season 2 premiere Everyone was like watching and waiting Waiting to see if Glee was going to be able to Live up to its season 1 glory Um, And reviews generally said that they did People for the most part seemed pretty much to be a fan of this episode Sure So
2: We have a very quick recap that was really just about they didn't win region. Was it regionals yes. at that point? They didn't win regionals. Uh, Boo hoo. And then we fucking open on Jacob Ben Israel, which I have a problem with out <laughs> of principle. Not because of the Jewish that- thing yet, but just because I hate this person.
1: I Yeah, you know. Yeah, my little first note is. our least favorite boy my first note is oh good jacob is here
0: and you know you've done a good job opening your season when you open it on a character that makes everybody go oh not this guy yeah no one was happy to see him
2: and like i don't i again i watched this today and i already don't remember like what happened because my notes here are just in a row big gay summer leah michelle being Mm leah michelle all caps i do not like the hebrew mike (laughs) um, ha <laughs> ha 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 ha, the fractions that Shu put out. Crippling depression, and Quinn is beautiful and less hormonal, though she's still crying.
1: Okay, so we were basically on the same page because I said there's our least favorite boy. uh, Then Leah Michelle's shade, because I think they made a joke that was like basically Rachel Berry being Leah Michelle. Now we all know it was Leah Michelle. Right. Um, the Hebrew mic was his initials. It was a J B I in your dreidel font, oh, is what I would call it. Sure. <laughs> Does that make it better?
2: Mm. <laughs> um, for you, yes.
1: Is that, is it a racist font to be like, to feel like, this is dreidel font?
2: I don't know yet. And I was like, I feel like I'm going to have to answer a question of whether or not this is anti-Semitic, and I don't know.
1: I okay, think we'll, it's we'll
0: contextual. Put... Like, if it was a different show, I'd say it, you know, maybe not. I don't trust Glee. <laughs> no, and no one should. I don't trust yeah, Glee to do a good it. job with Jacob and Israel. Who had a few comic beats in this sequence where I was like, I can see how this actor, how this performer is funny.
2: Right. I I, I don't
0: think they ever give him funny things to say, though.
2: I am wondering, like, was this all just kind of, like, Glee sort of winking and nodding to the audience, like, saying that, like, they've read their own reviews and, like, this is how they're addressing it?
1: 100%. Okay. Like, the comment that Jacob and Israel says to Will, like, what do you have to say about people wanting you to petitions for you to stop rapping? And he's going like, Oh, you don't like my rapping talking like shade on the auto tune. Yep. It was definitely all supposed to be like winks and nods, meta jokes. Like we see you. We're not going to change, yeah. but we heard you. We That's see the message. You. Don't I got. worry
0: guys. We're self-aware. Um, A couple of them seemed like they were improvised. Uh, And one of like, because they were cut together with, with like takes that they had done already in that sequence. And, the, and one of them was him asking Mike and Tina, how do you get the white on rice? And I was like, strong start. Strong start, Glee. <laughs> Still. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah, we
1: we start off strong with... Um, well, first of all, Will says that he does... He gives his fractions, which was 75% show tunes, yes. 75% classic rock, 75% hip hop, I think is what he said. Okay. Which means... That's what do you think his final twenty five percent is there? Because that's only seventy five percent. Leaving on a jet. So you did
0: say you said seventy five percent for all of those. Um,
1: Fuck, I meant. (laughs) Okay, I was I was just like,
0: am I misremembering Will being terrible at math?
1: (laughs) No, I'm terrible at math. He's
2: a Spanish teacher. It's fine.
1: Yeah, why would he be? So he gave he gave quarters. So there's one quarter unaccounted for of what he thinks his Glee music is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I still think it's just my aunt John Denver,
1: and twenty five percent John Denver, twenty five percent Journey.
2: Yep. Oh Actually, yeah, 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 that's a better one. We do get a little bit of a crippling depression nod at Puck. Um, wonder what that's about. Yep. And then um, uh, Britney says she spent her su- her summer lost in the sewer, and that was great. Again, <laughs> off to a I great start. On vacation. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I loved the unholy Trinity, like the um Quinn. Britney Santana vibe. Always good. We love to see them. Quinn's looking great. Yep. And then we cut to our first of many uncomfortable moments where he runs up to Tina and Mike and says, there's rumors that you're dating. Um, And I think Mike goes like, just because we're both Asian, that's racist. And yet. And then they are <laughs> yeah. dating. And then they are dating and Artie's sad yeah, about Artie's,
0: it. Yeah, Artie's very sad about it. It's fine. Like Asian people can date uh, and <laughs> have it be like a grounded character choice but when what? I watched that the first time I was like it feels weird I wonder how they're gonna justify that relationship we'll get there oh,
1: boy. <laughs> oh, this, boy. Is, this is what we call in the this biz is what, yeah, this is what we call
0: foreshadowing
2: um, but, I, however let's and then celebrate Kurt does like a, oh, well, does that, like a Mike... full
1: monologue Sorry. we're doing a great job it's been a full month
2: let's celebrate the fact that Mike Chang has a line here
1: Mike Chang has been promoted to series regular Attaboy. Mike Chang may speak he may.
2: Mike Chang may speak.
1: And so may
0: Tina. Just... But regrettably, I think they are now going for a dynamic where they may only speak in the presence of one another.
1: I was going to say, it actually needed to like link them physically in order for both of their vocal boxes <laughs> to work. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a power ring?
0: Is that how the Power Rangers work? Yes, it's one, of the, it's one of those Asian superpowers where we can do all kinds of things, like turn invisible, but we must be within five feet of another Asian in order to be heard. Which is why I had to have uh, I had to have my neighbor stand like right on the other side of this wall um, <laughs> during this recording in order to be audible.
1: Yeah, isn't that just what the plot of Gundam is? And we
2: thank you both for your service. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, um, Kurt's dramatic monologue is basically like we don't care what you think, and then he gets slushied, and he's like, maybe I do care what you think.
2: By a forty-year-old jock. We're back. Great. Um, I thought it was gross that Ben ate a bit of the slushy off of his coat. Um, oh. Yeah, there's this little bit gross. where he, like, picks, like, a little bit of slushy off his shoulder and puts it in his mouth, and I'm like, this I feel is anti-Semitic. I don't know why, but I feel it.
1: <laughs> that If you feel it, then it's valid, because <laughs> Thank you no so one much. can tell you your feelings are wrong. Thank you. Um, yeah, I watched that opening, and I was like, well, that's, I guess, how we're starting today. Yep. And it was fine.
2: Um, then we cut to the Glee Club, um, Sue's back. Um they're like all buddy buddy now, Sue and Shu. Um but no one wants to be part of the glee club because and no Sue one is
0: still wants to be for part like of the perfect club they don't shade have to audition about
2: it. For. Yes. Um I do think Sue it's... has
1: had people lined up since June to sign up for the cheerios. Yes,
2: they worship the possum as their lord and savior. <laughs> this is
1: um, and Will's like <laughs> Will says no tryouts right which i think is weird because he made people try out last year when there was literally no members so this feels Mm -hmm. like a weird it was an
0: odd thing to do and yes the whereas jane lynch's uh, method of you know making people sell their soul and stuff um as as glee loves to portray high school um seems to be like this will make it more popular when in this is it's one of those glee things where i was thinking oh god if I had to try out for anything in high school, I think I would have simply left. <laughs> sure. I did. Cl- I did try out for the choirs in high school, um, but I think beyond that, I, I just. I as soon as I saw an audition, she was like, "Oh God, you want me to, you want me to perform for
1: entrance?" Yeah. When instead yeah. I could
0: go to the convenience store and eat Swedish fish,
1: <laughs> mm, I would still prefer to do that. I ran an audition in high school. Good for you. Like, I, I I didn't run it the fully, but I was auditioning people for a, a very ill-fated play that me and my friend wrote.
2: Oh, dang. It was fine. Okay.
1: We cast a couple of freshmen, and now one of them, I think, is an actual legitimate paid actor, so I really feel like we... And you, yeah, gave, you gave them totally a credit. you totally discovered
2: that kid. We yeah. gave them a
1: big break. Um,
2: um, and
1: then the scene ends by Sue being like, I, I, I gotta go. It's time to feed my gimp. <laughs> Which is something I didn't really expect to hear. No, again, no. Glee
0: starting off strong, just and again, like Jane Lynch delivers every line flawlessly, amazingly,
1: but it does mm-hmm. not take away the contents of the lines. Right. If I guarantee, when I watched this originally, that line, right over the head, and I was like, fully a senior in high school. This, no, I was in college. I have no idea where I was. September of twenty ten.
2: That was your freshman year. Yeah, that was that college. Was so year. I was
1: 18, right. which means even then, the idea of uh, someone having a gimp uh, probably <laughs> didn't register in my in my small Ooh. child brain.
2: Um, I do find it interesting that she said high school is a dry run for the rest of your life, and I was like, shall
1: we discuss? No.
2: We don't have to, but.
1: Uh, if high school was a dry run for the rest of my life, I would be suffering right now. <laughs> All right, and I didn't even have a bad <laughs> high school experience. I just, you know, same. To, it to I think, not be that.
2: I think I, I think that's my, the, my. I think that's my verdict as well.
1: I coasted through. I got my shit mostly done. I didn't have any real problems, but I didn't have any real anything else. Sure. Uh, and so, I don't need to be living in that kind of stasis anymore. Also, um, I didn't like a lot of classes, so. I don't really there want to do that. I don't want anyone to force me to take math again. No, As never. evidenced earlier <laughs> when I don't know how to do it.
2: So then we cut to Figgins's office, and it turns out he is cutting both the Cheerios and the Glee budget, and it's all because they have a new coach on the football team, Coach Beast. Is it B-I- French. B-I-E-S-T-E or B-E-I-S-T-E?
1: I couldn't I tell you. I think it's I-E. Well, I watched the whole thing with captions, and I couldn't tell you.
2: I before E, grammar. Um...
1: I'm annoyed that it is the beginning of season two and we're already dipping back into budget problems. Immediate
0: budget problems. Immediately. It's the same shit as last year where it's like, once again, there's
2: no money. Once again, you must fight over scraps.
1: Glee is uncool and there's no money. We're right back where we started from. I
2: definitely noticed that. Like, a lot of the same, like, returning plot points. Like, do I choose Glee or football? Do I. Yeah. Yeah, how do I. How do I so? How do I show Sue Sylvester she's wrong? Um, yeah. And then I think there's some but sort of transphobia. They, they have replaced Sue.
0: They have replaced there Ken is. with a new coach now, so they can have yes. a different antagonist yes. slash character.
1: Um, there is absolutely a uh, uncomfortable comment by Sue regarding Coach Beast. Yeah. Um, and the
0: thing is that I mean, well, my note here is oh, transphobia. Um, Same. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, Coach Beast has a character arc, uh, but in this scene, Sue's comment is transphobic, but the show is also backing that up, which makes me uncomfortable, because Sue's, like, Sue's supposed to be the villain, saying, ah, an affront to nature, but the show is also relying on Coach Beast's, like, perceived qualities of, like, perceived unfeminine qualities to make her seem uh terrible Mm -hmm. uh and Mm -hmm. ridiculous and the outsider and so if you're gonna give sue the villain line um then your show needs to not back it up and that is what they have failed at immediately is they are also being the villains but they think that they can still have Sue say the evil thing uh, and have it be fine because she's evil. So,
1: not a I mean, great
2: start. And no. at the end of the day, she still is the villain.
1: Doesn't make it right. No. Yeah. Glee wrote this as a joke, and it doesn't... Yeah, Does it... I'm fine no.
0: with villains saying bad things. They do- They need to be cast as villains and... The, you know, the the show needs to do something with it. It doesn't. We see that again later.
2: (laughs) Yep. But first we cut to the Glee Club rehearsal. First of the year, I guess. Um, People are saying they are a giant ball of suck. Um, Yep. And all the negative stuff is keeping people from transferring. And also we learned that Matt Rutherford transferred...
0: Good sure. for you, Matt. My note here is also to- will stop reading Jacob's blog. You're a teacher. He. Yeah. C- My note
1: is very similar. I said, imagine a teacher, a professional <laughs> adult, getting up in front of your own students and reading comments from another student's personal. Yeah, blog. he
0: cited it like it was the New York Times. Jacob Ben Excuse Israel's me. blog has been talking about.
1: <laughs> like he's Brent.
2: Like like he's Ben fucking Brantley.
1: Yeah, yeah. excuse me, You grade his Spanish
2: papers. What are you doing?
1: Also, in this world, it's been made very clear that Jacob Ben Israel is even lower on the totem pole than the Glee kids, which means, presumably, his opinions mean nothing.
2: Right. So we're giving this kid way too much attention. Um,
1: Yeah. And uh, let's sound off for Matt, who literally didn't even get to say goodbye. Oh my god. He was just shunted off. Put on the bus uh if if he did say
0: goodbye it would be the first time we heard him speak
1: uh second excuse me he got one single line oh he got a
0: line last season i must have missed that good for you matt No,
1: most people hello and goodbye um so yeah will doing being constantly unprofessional as always tells the kids that because they're unpopular no one wants to join and they need at least one person to join because without matt they are legally unable to compete because they are 11 not 12 yes and they got it. And he says he wants more. He wants Glee Club to be. Now, this is the direct quote from the show. I know what you're going to say A wall of sound. <laughs> Rascal, I need to know if this is triggering words it to is... you as it oh, was to me. Oh, my
0: gosh. Our uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, theater teacher who uh, directed all of the musicals in our high school um, did ask. For a wall of sound from the chorus, I would say a reasonable number of times. I would say not repeatedly and incessantly to the point that it was burned <laughs> into all of our brains.
1: <laughs> I
0: heard it when... <laughs> <laughs> I was not... I Was this during Aida? Because I was not even in mm-hmm. the chorus for that. I was on... I, I built the set for Aida. I was not performing in it. Um, the fact that wall of sound is nevertheless, like, such an immediate, like, that has such an immediate association for me, um, should give you an indication of how frequently we may have heard it.
1: I just want you to imagine this man, wonderful man, truly, telling however many (laughs) just, like, fully white kids. Like a
2: hundred white kids.
1: A hundred white kids <laughs> standing on risers being like, I need you to sing Aida louder.
2: That answers <laughs> my next question, which was was your cast all white?
1: Not all, Not white. all white. Um I um our Radames was f- like black. Or Aida was black. Our Aida, our was, Aida, black. Aida was was okay. black. Um that may have been it. Um sure. Of the main main cast, Yeah, of
0: the speaking roles, that was it. Everybody else was white, yes. Okay,
2: well.
1: Is Aida a show which deserves colorblind casting? Who's (laughs) 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 this? This isn't the Aida podcast, although I would love to have an Aida. I've got a lot of feelings about Aida. Also, Aida sidebar, one of our wedding presents was from one of Zach's old teachers, who gifted us a very large pot, like about this big, which was from the set of his high school production of Aida. Which is very nice. It's so but sweet. But I have no idea where to it's put it. It's so sweet, it. but it's what so are nice. you going
0: to do with a pot that size?
1: Because you can't put things in it because it, the opening is only like this big. It's very small and the rest of the pot's quite large, so. Ooh,
0: fill it with dice. Yeah. I
1: wouldn't be able to get them back out. <laughs> um... So Will also wants to be a wall of sound presumably not while well singing Aida well, missed opportunity. Let's not presume yeah, they let's are not rule known for their out. show tunes.
2: Um, would not surprise me if that all of a sudden they Rachel Berry started singing the God's Love Nubia Ugh. not unproblematic at all. Um
1: I just had I, I would I would cry. Yeah.
2: I mean, we'll get there, but I absolutely like cried in the bad way when she sang like the closing number. Mm. Um All right. Anyway,
1: so instead Will has a terrible plan. Will has a terrible plan
2: because nationals are in New York this year. So let's show the school how cool we are. And my question here is, is Will a stereotype of himself or have I already forgotten most of season one? New Direction style, no. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I believe he does He does strike a pose, I believe, at that scene. Because my only note is, don't stand like that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that I had I had had the forethought to include a screenshot of some sort because
2: <laughs> I love it. Um well then we have the first song so, of the season, y'all.
1: Yeah. So we our first song of the season is um Oh, is it's not called New York, is it? It's called Empire State of yes, Mind, isn't it? It
2: is like em- So
1: Empire State of Mind by Alicia Keys feet Jay-Z. Yes. And he says Will introduces this with, we're going to sing the song of the year. Is that, was that the song? Of, is, am I? I think
2: so. I think if.
1: Was that the song of the if, year in 2010? I think
2: so. If it wasn't that year, it was the year before. Because I remember, like, that song was fucking everywhere. And as a native New Yorker, like, that was it.
1: Did this performance also, was, was also this it?
2: Um, the choreography was. It was. I, what, I, what I did say here, my note was, like, they really capitalized on the age of flash mobs. Because mm-hmm. I would say it is a solid flash mob. Um, it just needed less Rachel.
1: I think um, my my notes go in progression, which is I say Artie seems like not a great choice for this. I have that, and too. then I immediately follow it with actually this all sucks. Yeah. Because you go from Artie, who at least is a competent singer, like tech. We don't like Artie in this role of a white boy rapping, but at least he sounds okay. And then you go to Finn, and Finn. Is, this is not his Finn is genre. the dark side of
0: white boys rapping, which is
2: already a pretty dark genre.
1: And he made it worse. Again,
2: as our dear friend Karina Stokes once said, charisma of a baked potato.
1: Yeah, and it's bad. And then we go on to Puck, who I guess is marginally better, but does... Um...
2: <laughs> Ian! Karina? Ian,
1: I have a question for you. I have an answer. So... The part that these boys have been singing is originally sung by Jay-Z, a black rapper. So his use of language is different than our use of language. And I don't know if you clocked this, of Puck saying... I don't even really... It I can already feel it sounding bad in my mouth. So
2: what we'll say is, and we'll we'll leave it up to the audience, the listeners, to look this video up. But instead of saying the N-word, they just change the first vowel... Or not the, the vowel. They consonant. change the first consonant. They changed the first consonant, and I guess that's supposed to make it okay. I don't think it is. I'm also funny that you asked me because I too am white.
1: I assume it was. It's because I, like my brain was like, is this because Puck is Jewish, and so they're like, it's the Jewish. Oh yeah, they, ver- yeah. They do change it to a J. Um, I
2: did not yeah, so I put the word together but with a J. I did not put that mat together, and you totally could be right. But I also think we're splitting hairs on something that, is, like that, probably did not get that much thought put into it. I.
1: Why don't they just do the thing where they just don't say it, like they do on the radio? That's what I was wondering. Why did they? Yeah. That's the thing. They went to the effort of replacing it with a deeper, <laughs> less problematic, but still deeply uncomfortable version. Right. Yeah,
0: but le- and like I would say that it's clear that their um, their arrangements get a lot of thought put into them. So I would uh-huh. think they would, they, they would have, like, at least spent a minute on it, but at the end yes. of that minute, is that what you would come out with? I think they spent that minute
2: on the wrong stuff.
1: Here's what I also think is, I, first of all, um, turns out I didn't really need to listen to this song ever again in my life, like- once the song was over in pop culture, I had never revisited it, and I think for me personally, that was the right choice. Right. It
0: does go on for a long time. They are also like, I do think the choreography isn't terrible, but they are doing a lot of hand gestures. They are all dressed. Uh, I mean, they're all wearing t-shirts that say New York, but like they're, uh, you know, they're all wearing like like gold chains, and I'm like
1: Yeah, I, flat brim. Yeah, we're really and...
0: starting off with a like, they might as well have sung Aida.
2: <laughs> it's it's very it's true. It's very like what New York kids, regardless of like, race, gender, creed, whatever. That was a very like, millennial New York style around that time. I feel like for New Yorkers, yeah, it like everyone I went to high school with wore those kinds of hats and like that kind of fitted, like that kind of fit. Um, not yeah. that that makes it right, but like I. I guess like I saw that and I was like I didn't question the the garb as much. Yeah, there was I will a vibe. Say, though,
1: if they just if they just learned that their budget is getting slashed, those T-shirts are like New York tourist T-shirts. They're not cheap. Why did they all go buy matching outfits? Um, when their budget just got cut, just I know. You know what? Well, maybe clothes.
0: you could afford the maybe you could afford the bus if you were not constantly buying these kids matching outfits.
2: Which I think is like, oh no, it was the transportation budget that like they knew was going to get cut. Never mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: I just think also not enough Mercedes. No, oh, well, that was this my song whole could thing with so it. much
2: more Mercedes. Like yeah. they could have done so much more with Mercedes, and we didn't need Leah Michelle sort of like r- carelessly riffing oh, in the background.
1: No, we never need. We that. never need
2: that. Um,
1: this was a song made for Mercedes Jones. Yeah, Splendor it's bit. it's abs- it It's usual. not
0: even Leah Michelle's strong suit, like.
2: I feel like Mike Chang could have done the rapping.
1: Interesting. Yeah, so we're going to kind of get to this in a later, um, either later this season or next season, but at that point, I guess they weren't, they were like, Harry Shum Jr. is a dancer, full stop. And there's kind of a, we'll, we'll revisit Mike Chang's relationship to song, but he was not there yet. Right.
2: Um, he I just got a line. It, They're not going
1: to give yeah, him
0: a solo. <laughs> <laughs> he has he has the talent. He does. He does not
1: yeah. have the opportunity.
2: But moving on, we have Sue and Shu aligning to <laughs> topple the Beastie the Beast. Um,
1: um, he brings up his ruined Glee Club um, sign-up <laughs> sheet. He
2: says they, has- they aren't
1: and even he funny. Says, are- I disagree. Asperham Lincoln is absolutely <laughs> ab- incredibly
0: <laughs> funny. The fake that names. The I. The fake names on that sheet were making me laugh immediately, and
1: and and then Sue goes. I worked very yes. hard. Yes. So
0: that was good. That was good comedy.
1: And then they team up. Yeah.
0: And they team up. Um, I have here written the drama every time Jane Lynch speaks, and I don't yeah. remember what she said, but I know that it was over the top and dramatic. She plays
2: that role so well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. But then we. Uh,
1: but they agree to team up to defeat the beast, and then we go to um, the scene of visual callbacks. Yes. Um, which is Finn hanging up like sign up posters in the locker room, narrating to himself about how he's going to be a good leader. I think um, I I blanked out. A There's little that bit. word um, again. And then he gets a literal like shot for shot remake of Will discovering him, except he's discovering. Um, cordover street which is not his character's name but his actual human name which is
2: a wild name to name an actual human person <laughs> fine it um, sounds like a ninja turtles villain or something yes holy <laughs> shit it sounds yeah it's like a ninja turtles
1: it's a ninja turtles equivalent of Batman's the music
2: master
1: <laughs> <laughs> he comes he grows up with an evil piano and like and, and you're possessed or whatever <laughs> Except that's his real human name. Lovely Wait, guy. So, he's on TikTok. So you can follow by, him. By, like,
2: whatever law of syllogism, does that mean that, like, the Music Meister and Chord Overstreet are the jiggly puff of their um, universes? Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> their music will possess you and enthrall Wonderful. you. Wonderful. And
2: okay. they will draw on your face. Yes. Yep. Um,
1: um, but he's singing Every Rose Has Its Thorn. In the shower. Yeah. Um, Finn says he would join in, but he the guy was naked, so some well, you know. At least one of
2: them had that sense.
1: Yeah. Right? Um and he sounds fine. He's a little he's doing his little shower uh-huh. song, it's great.
2: And then Rachel runs into we learn her name is Sunshine Corazon. Um,
1: yes. um quick note here, as we're speaking about Sunshine Corazon, uh the character is female and when we're referring to the character, um we will refer to her as such. But the actor who plays Sunshine uh, goes by he, him. Uh, yes. His name
0: is Jake Zyrus now, and he is Thank absolutely you. killing it. Uh, He's still making music, yeah. um, and it's great. And Hell you can yeah. find yes. him on YouTube. So, nice. Yes,
1: follow him, but Sunshine is presented as... Yeah, so the yes. character, female. Refer to her as
0: Character, such. female, actor, male. Actor at yep. the time yep. identified as female, to... but...
1: Right. Yes. Just wanted to clear that up with all of our listeners that we have we are aware of this information and not to confuse yes. anyone.
2: Um, um and so Sunshine turns out is an incredible singer. Oh so
1: first of all, this scene is chock a block full of things that are. I have been looking forward all... to
2: talking about this scene for
0: so many reasons. Beautiful. Karina, Karina is Karina yeah. is tired of hearing about
1: Um, (laughs) I sent this episode to Rascal ages ago and I was like here's a couple episodes I know I want to have you on partially because of like the deeply uncomfortable racism that begins this scene so what begins this scene Um, is Rachel
0: Berry coming up to Sunshine and like accosting her in the bathroom saying hey I saw you watching us sing and Sunshine who had headphones in pulls them out and says what and Rachel goes oh you don't speak English you like me singing and again now I am actually legit completely fine with characters being made to look like fools for being racist and that is clearly what glee is going for here but rachel berry is still their main character or thereabouts and her racism is never something that she has to reckon with it's just oh she's a fool because she's being racist but there is never any she never needs to stop being racist as a part of her character arc we are supposed to continue to like her anyway um the like obviously there i have never seen a show do a better job with this than the good place so i will compare it to that the the main character of the good place is similarly ignorantly racist and the sort of the the entire thesis statement of the good place is that people can like people can change and grow uh, But Rachel Berry is never required to do this. So, while I think that it's very easy to make people look foolish for being racist, Glee does not do that. They just have her be racist and play it off as a joke, where the joke is not, uh, Rachel Berry is a terrible person. The joke is, oh, that's Rachel.
2: Right. Don't like it. Perhaps this is beside the point, but, like, in this episode and then in the next episode we're going to talk about, and I'm sorry if this is a terrible word, but... Rachel is just fucking psychotic, like mm-hmm. she's just full on. Just comes across as a sociopath in all of this. Yeah, yeah it's she, that's
0: that's she really
2: very does. much the way that it does come across. So she tells she
0: tells Sunshine in this also like she's ex- like she wants her to sway in the background, um, and back her up while she sings beautiful solos. And it's another similar to the racism stuff. The show expects us to go, oh, that's Rachel, ridiculous again. <laughs> Um, So, when Sunshine starts to sing, and it turns out that she's spectacular, uh, she and Rachel duet telephone. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that I latched onto and cannot let go. Sunshine is having the time of her life in a wholesome high school music situation. Rachel Berry is coming at this so homoerotically that I had she i i paused the episode several times and like took screenshots and sent them to karina of rachel berry coming at sunshine tits first like about about a scant inch away from her face at all times every time rachel sings she's like leaning all the way into sunshine's face i thought she was about to kiss her like four different times in the scene and i realized that uh having discussed this scene with other people i am the only person that sees this but once i point it out everybody else can't unsee it uh which is validating enough for me because it is to me so inescapable and i i i can't tell if it was a i can't tell if it was leah michelle trying to be aggressive or if it was weird direction about the the difference between the way they were approaching this song and approaching each other because sunshine was just happy to be there and be included. Whereas Rachel is seeing it as a threat, but it looks like she is auditioning for the part of like music teacher Dom in a third rate porn hub original. And I can't get it out of my head. It looks so gay
1: here, Ian. Like this ah, is the ah, screenshots. No. You <laughs> okay. look at it and you're like, oh. "Damn, that does because look pretty Because I, gay. <laughs> I fully
2: went with, "Oh, she's doing this very aggressively." Like, why? Yeah. Question mark? Question homo- mark? Yeah, but, <laughs> but homo aggressively. But now I can't. You're right. I cannot unsee that. Like, you, if and, you like, watch the scene like, again, watch her. the way that she moves.
0: She's moving in in like a fluid, like like a snake, like uh like leaning around sunshine and all of these very fluid ways. And I, I absolutely can't get over how close she leans into her face every single time. Yes. Um. So I watched this scene and every time I watch it, it gets gayer. And I wish that it had been an intentional <laughs> character choice. Glee does not shy away from doing gay characters. Let if we watch this through the lens of Rachel Berry, isn't jealous of sunshine because she's a better singer, which by the way, she is. Um, Rachel isn't jealous because Sunshine is a better singer. Rachel is grappling with these sudden feelings that have that have awoken inside her, and she doesn't know how to handle them. Improves the episode, in my opinion, instead of it just being her professional jealousy.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs> I, to get to that photo, I have gone back to our messages. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> and yeah, you said the same thing. I'm supposed to read. <laughs> This is a slight spoiler for, you already know it's coming in this season though, Ian, but you did say this is the most homoerotic scene in all of Glee, and that includes when Kurt and Blaine literally have sex.
0: Ah. So. I'm right. <laughs> this is the most homoerotic scene in all of Glee, including, including the gay sex scenes. Um, and what is this
1: show? They're not explicit. So that would, I would buy that this is, yeah, back. this is
0: more explicit than those scenes. Um, I was I was excited to see another Asian character, and I regret uh, I regret that Sunshine is a um, you know is is not a is not a full cast member. But um, the the weird racist treatment at the beginning and the the deeply homoerotic subtext at the end
1: just made it. She Rachel ends it by go staring at Sunshine. Don't going, tell anyone Don't about tell this. Anyone. Don't tell anybody what what and we oh. did in the girls'
0: bathroom. Um also, I, I also wrote... side note when uh every time I watch this scene it ends with they cut off abruptly and Sue comes into the bathroom and goes shut up
1: and I brilliant. laugh
0: every single time <laughs> yep, it's so yep, funny yeah imagine going to this school <laughs> oh my god <laughs> the way god. Sue inflects it like it's obvious is so funny
2: and even rascal <gasps> can we write our fanfic as um me- as uh, si- as students of this school having to deal with this glee club that pops up <laughs> out of nowhere terrorizes us with their flash mob music in the bathrooms and then I was just trying kind of... to
1: eat lunch today I <laughs> suddenly I had to listen to a bad cover of an Alicia Keys song I was trying
2: I was just trying to research the-, the Ottoman Empire and all of a sudden four white kids just started singing can't touch this one of them might have been Asian I don't know this is Ohio I was minding my own
0: business in the hallway, and then people started talking about their deeply personal problems right next to me.
2: (laughs) Yep.
1: I knew Quinn Fabray was pregnant before anyone in the Glee Club because she cried about it very loudly next to me in the hallway.
2: (laughs) She doesn't know this, but we're in the same homeroom, and it was just kind of like, I overheard.
1: Everyone knew. (laughs) Plot twist, it's not that people want to not join Glee because it's uncool, it's just that they are actually very, uh unpleasant people yeah it's right. just that no we don't
0: want to hang out with you guys
1: they're all weirdly self-centered and have no respect for other people's <laughs> personal space so i'm good
2: <laughs> yep but yeah we then we cut to football practice um this is where just like sue and Shoe are full-on bullying beast um yeah
1: it's uncomfortable this, like, but so is prank. beast
0: referring to herself as the panther in the third person so yes
1: yeah i don't like that so nobody um, wins. i will say this is like the happiest will has been in a very long time um uncomfortably so like it seems like he's really enjoying this fun bullying friendship
2: i mean we always knew that will was also a bit of um an asshat yeah 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 but like then she turns it around like oh so what happens is like sue orders 15 pizza pies uh, assumedly under the like the prank is that like Um, Beast ordered them because, like, it was a prank that was played on her in high school because she was so overweight and so out of place there that this prank is going to trigger all of her high school anxieties. Um, which we see that, like, it clearly triggers something, but Beast turns it around in the middle of berating the football team and saying, guess it's a pizza party. Everyone has four slices.
1: Yeah, she didn't quite get the, like, moment I wanted where, like, she really, um... Cause you can tell she's like a little defeated when she's saying that she's like, well, you got to make lemonade out of lemons. Right. So you can see you do. And I guess this is the point you're supposed to see her being a little affected by this. So will has like a come to Jesus moment or whatever, but yeah, it, it was. And then she, but she did use it as like a coaching moment, I guess. Did I don't she, know. Cause is,
0: like, I mean her, she ends that real. scene with, with saying the, you know, the first three to, to throw up during drills are off the team. Um,
1: I assume that's what football's like. Yeah, I don't But that's know.
0: I mean, that's also a thing that we're like Beast is supposed to be is the is the victim in this. And she and she is. She's being bullied. Mm-hmm. But yes. she is also not doing a great job of coaching these kids. She's she is the no. quintessential football playing hard ass. And like Ken was the same way in a lot of ways, but um we never like we, we didn't get to see him coach that much. Um and so the like I don't know, something something that could have, that this episode could have spent more time on is Beast's, like, currently not doing that good of a job. I think, is she overcompensating? Yeah. Is it a character choice? Like, maybe we'll find out. But right now, a lot of the, the focus is on Will and Sue, rightfully. Uh, The focus is on Will and Sue and how terrible they're being. But Beast's not not doing a good job.
1: She's not great. No.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, she's being pretty mean to high school kids, which is what yeah. we always have to remember. That this is adults being pretty mean to high schoolers right? Um, which we don't love even if
2: they are all in their late 20s early 30s IRL um,
1: right but that doesn't excuse any weird student teacher right. relationships
2: um, but yeah so Artie wants to now be on the football team because Tina left him for Mike Chang at what? <laughs> oh, Asian yes. camp
0: Asian camp oh, boy! I have four paragraphs of notes about this
2: take it away rascal <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. So, first of all, the phrase Asian camp is, at surface level, hilarious. Let's acknowledge it. Asian camp, that's a funny thing to say. I can imagine, like, in high school, I had Asian friends who had, like, the, you know, you know, there are there are groups, there are cliques of Asian people in any community with a significant Asian American population because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of shared experience there. And so a lot of these kids will end up doing the same extracurriculars. So I was like, I could completely see my friends at high school calling something Asian camp as like as a, like fun, a nickname, fun nickname like, oh, that we we're came all up at the with same summer camp. at our, We'll call yeah. it Asian
1: camp because that's not place. what happened here. So <laughs>
0: what nope. Artie says is it's one of those camps for all those tech-savvy Asian kids to learn about the arts. Now, when I heard that, I thought, this is probably Artie being racist, but the show immediately backs him up. That's literally what it is. It's a bunch of elementary school-aged Asian children, each of them staring unblinkingly at a cell phone, uh, while Tina and Mike sing and dance art at them. This is a thing that exists (laughs) in the Glee universe. This is just the way that Asian children are. I'm going to fist fight Ryan Murphy in an Arby's. So (laughs) let's talk about the setting though. The set of this scene is, I, I paused the episode several times to look at the set of this scene. The scene shows a rustic cabin of the outdoor summer camp variety, even though this is apparently an art camp and it doesn't have to be outside in the background we see pine tree cutouts several unlit camping lanterns patchwork curtains untreated wooden walls i believe there was a row of like handmade miniature teepees at one point which i has a, a, whole, a other whole other level of set discomfort of questions but there is also scattered around this traditional rustic cabin There is also a Maneki Neko figurine, one of those beckoning cats. There's a couple of origami cranes. There is on an easel in the background, some truly indecipherable calligraphy, which after about an hour of detective work uh, and consulting (laughs) turns out is probably intended to read Friday in Japanese. But not only is the kanji so poorly written that it's nearly impossible to recognize, but they put the kanji in the wrong order. Shout out to my friend Jordy for cracking that one for us. So, so it
1: would say if we were to, like, incorrectly do it, it would be, like, day, day frame. Um, if someone was doing a yeah, mistake in English. Some,
0: something like that, yeah. Day money. Um, <laughs> yeah. <so laughs> but, Rascal, how else are we supposed of... to know that they're Asian? <laughs> they just sort of took the trappings of asianness and scattered them around this cabin. And if that was it, if that was everything on the set, I would have a pretty clear picture of how this scene came about, you know? Like I would have a pretty clear picture of the production. They're only allowed to bar with the northern exposure set for 5 minutes, so they just throw <laughs> around whatever paraphernalia, like like the most Asian, like there's one dude, there's one camera guy who like is like a hippie spiritual type who backtracked across Asia that one time to find inner tranquility or whatever. And so they just went into the back of his disintegrating Volkswagen and strewed around whatever stuff he had in there. And that's how they did the set. But the problem is every single one of those children is wearing a custom printed t-shirt which reads Asian camp. <laughs> Which means somebody put in the forethought to put in a custom T-shirt order for Asian Camp T-shirts. Which Everything means they had a else... full
2: production meeting where yes. the costume designer was like, "I have the best idea.
0: I, and I, a I have an absolute sat around requirement. A
2: table. I have
0: a budget requirement. I ha- this was that implies not only forethought but like." Like, how long does it take to print t-shirts? Maybe not that long, but this was so much planning ahead. It implies a long-term commitment to this bit, because those kids did not have to be wearing magic t-shirts at all to sell this as a camp, and if they were, the shirts did not literally need to read Asian camp. But they went all the way to custom printing those t-shirts to make this 20-second scene, which is intended to justify a relationship between two characters that they don't support at all with character choices. The conclusion, they put so much effort into putting absolutely no effort into these characters that's the asian camp
2: scene and that my friends is what you call a paradox
1: <laughs> maybe you your notes were a lot more extensive same. than name. same
2: my my note here was mike chang looks hot
1: you know yeah my notes was
2: like who
0: can blame <laughs> tina for this let's who can be blame real tina uh,
1: yeah i knew the asian camp i wasn't gonna have the right feelings about that, but I did have feelings about Harry Shum Jr.'s abs, and they are positive. Yeah, and like I... the
0: the one the one positive of this scene is Harry Shum Jr. absolutely killing
2: it. And I mm-hmm. I mean like not to, not to one up your very uh, academic notes, rascal, but um <laughs> on top of that, Tina is singing "Getting to Know You" from The King and I to <laughs> a <laughs> cast of Asian children. <laughs> the because... cast of Asian
0: children who don't give a shit.
2: Yup. <laughs> because you know life imitates art. Um
1: I I had until you said that I had been spending some of my brain power trying to remember what song she sang cuz the only one in my head was did she sing I could have danced all night again? Close. Cuz I knew it was like vaguely related to what was happening in the scene. I was like he was dancing, so Also, they you fighting is it
2: dance? You fighting Ryan Murphy in an RB is is going to live rent free in my head for the rest we gotta of my get life. him there Thank first you. but
0: i will meet him at any arby's in the country
1: here's the thing arby like ryan murphy would go to an arby's because they have the meats and i feel like he would be swayed by a restaurant whose slogan is we have the meats. like it's i feel and like you just
2: is that camp you,
1: <laughs> maybe if i knew i would tell you yeah. you just feel ryan murphy make a meet Three beef and cheddar sandwiches yeah. and a full Jamoka shake and then he would And then out comes Rascal ready. just kicking down. I am the yeah. now also I, just, I come out with a
0: fucking folding chair.
1: <laughs> I'm also not realizing that I'm the only person in this call who would reg who would willingly eat it at Arby's being the one meat eater in this video yes. call. So my opinions of Arby's is very different than both of yours. <sighs> You can get a breakfast sandwich. I think that has all three of the breakfast meats on it. Mm, that might be Jack in the Box. Either way, I really disgusting.
0: I went with Arby's because in the moment I was like, I think that I have threatened to fight enough people at Denny's there in Denny's parking lots, and so let's spread it around a little bit. I don't think I've ever actually been to an Arby's.
1: I like the Arby's because if you asked me what is the sweatiest fast food chain, Arby's <laughs> is the answer. Uh, not okay. the sweatiest.
2: <laughs> oh no that's a terrible response it's... oh
1: I'm, i say this as someone who fully loves arby's like when we were driving that's not to the Colorado. problem herein <laughs> no. that's... i wouldn't I... be inside an arby's but i would love to Of eat arby's all coffee. the responses you could have made
0: that is probably the worst
1: <laughs>
2: oh why has it gotta be you sweaty? haven't lived
1: till you've it's just, it's because of all the meat I... um i know You haven't lived until you've stopped at an Arby's at 10 a.m. driving across the country because you're all- everyone in your car is like, damn, we all love Arby's and we don't get it very often because there isn't any up here. Um, is 10 a.m. too early to enjoy a delicious Arby's sandwich? (laughs) (laughs) I don't recall if we ate the Arby's or not. I think we might have. Truly incredible. Anyway- Arby's, if you want to sponsor oh us, just Oh my god, please sponsor yeah. Arby's,
2: please.
0: <laughs> Arby's, listen, if where nothing, else are you going to get pressed like this?
2: If, if nothing I else,
1: please I won't sponsor this again. fist fight. Call Ryan Murphy, get him on the phone, offer him a delicious Arby's sandwich, and then hide Rascal behind the counter and just yeah, sock him just, once in just the jaw. Just job. give
0: me one good shot.
1: Um, and then during all this kerfuffle evasion camp, we also cut to Arby being Arby. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, yes. Because <laughs> already
1: trying to explain, like, yeah, I asked her about why she broke up and with me, and they talk about it in lunch at school, so presumably their summer communication was weird. And in fact, she says, you ignored me all summer, and every time you wanted to hang out, all you wanted to do was watch Coming Home, which wasn't a joke that- I, I don't know if I even found the right Coming Home, but Coming Home, when I looked it up on IMDb, is a movie about a woman falling in love with a Vietnam vet with a traumatic head injury while her husband is also in Vietnam. Okay. So what that would have to do with Artie's special interests, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Very strange. Also,
1: more weird Asian undertones. More weird Asian
0: undertones. He also apparently ignored her because he was in the middle of a Halo marathon. Of Halo. Which, like, admittedly, like, I get it. That <laughs> but, joke
1: probably landed really well in 2022. Yeah, right. too. but like,
0: like, I and you know, Tina Tina makes some good points. She does. Artie but like, was yeah. being a terrible boyfriend, and Mike Tang has spectacular abs. Yeah,
2: yep. like point. All the points to Tina and Mike Chang, none of the points to Artie because we're back to him just kind of being a douche. Yeah. Like, we we visited this point already in the Madonna episode. Like, we don't need to go back. Yeah, he was supposed
1: to be better. Whatever, they were just like, wouldn't it be funny if our two Asian characters dated and Artie's in the fallout for that? Yeah. Um, also, he has a little custom, like, lunch tray insert for his wheelchair now instead of having to carry it on his lap. Way better. So,
0: um, But it, I, I, I hate the design him. of it because uh, it does not have any lip. So all it takes is, like, one bump and everything is going to go flying off of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get get better accessible design for your wheelchairs.
2: Yeah. yeah. They recruit Sam to audition for New Directions. And that is Court Overstreet. And
1: uh, he has a large and his mouth. large mouth which large like mouth. I can't,
2: that. I I can't unsee that either. Now I, someone pointed out his uh, mouth. You wouldn't be
1: able to even if you if they hadn't pointed it out his mouth, is his, quite mouth large. is his
0: mouth is huge. Um, he does get a, there's a little homophobia as a treat. Um, yes.
1: Yeah. Also, they really casually he really casually brings up that he has dyslexia, and we're gonna catch if I'm wrong as we continue through the season. But I feel like that is. The most aside of comments that yeah, I don't think it again. ever comes up again. Which is a weird thing. Like, did they th- mean to do a dyslexia plot and then ran out of? They had too many. or they other just stellar? I'm sure giving ideas? his character did a little they... bit
0: of flavor. And he said that his grades weren't very good because of it. And if so, I mean, we knew this, but this school needs to do a much better job of accommodating its students.
1: Yeah. Yup. Although he it is, he's maybe transferred to the school because they have a better wherever he was coming that's from. That's true. That, that's really um, sad
2: for that other school. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to America. Yeah. And then they sing Billionaire, and that was the moment when it really hit me. I'm like, this episode is a time capsule of pop music. Yes. Like, between between Telephone, Empire State of Mind, and Billionaire, I'm like, you have done it. This is fully two thousand. It does lead to yep. already yep.
0: rap- rapping for the second time in one Again. episode. Again,
1: Literally, I wrote that. Um... Yeah, these songs I'm like have they burned brightly when they were there, and then they sort of fell off. No one's listening to Billionaire today, I don't no. think.
2: No. Um, um, what do we think of the song itself, like, or their performance at least?
1: I don't. I, once again, I don't really want Artie to be. Back yeah, then. I don't. I mean,
2: like, and I do think Artie is good
0: at it. From a technical perspective, he understands music. He understands the way that it's supposed to sound from a from a technical standpoint. He is technically good at it. I just... I wish that they didn't have every episode full of the whitest kids you know rapping constantly with, yeah. like, the affectation of the black musicians that they are impersonating.
1: They also yeah. did, like, a lot of weird, like, almost punny lyric changes like for this. Like, they yeah. made him change Artie the Claus. words yeah. to be about Artie. And I'm like... This is- I don't love this. Yeah, right, I mean, I do weird. think- You're doing I do cover. think it makes
0: sense in character. That's the kind of creativity that Artie has. It's just that the show doesn't yeah. show it often enough for it to be consistent.
2: Right, especially this since, like, like, he goes very much from being, like, very mousy boy to, like, very douchey bro, and there's nothing there's in, no between. in between.
1: There's no in between. They make Artie be whatever personality Artie has to have for that episode. Yes. Yeah.
2: And I'm and... just wondering- where did the band come from?
1: They just hang they, out there. They actually just rose out of the floor.
2: Sure. Aww. They're actually ghosts. Ooh, love a haunted house.
1: Spooky ghost band. Yeah, spooky ghost um, band. That's also where they were for Sunshine's performance later. Yeah. They just rise. Yeah. They're a little haunted mansion style. Um, We see Kurt and Mercedes hanging out. Mercedes makes a statement that Kurt is wearing a, f- a women's sweater. Kurt says, "Fashion has no and gender." He's right. You're right, Kurt. Ahead of your time.
0: Ahead of your time. And he looks great. Yeah, in that he sweater. looks fantastic. And I love how natural their rapport is, and it like that scene yeah. grounds yeah. them immediately as being like nothing's changed from last season. They're best friends, yeah. right?
1: And Rachel comes in and is like, um, "Sunshine is too and good." I'm worried about we you can't guys for audition gag. Mm. And they're like, "No, we want to win." And you're clearly worried about you yourself. Don't you're, yeah, quit it. And then she very suspiciously slinks off to Yeah, and then, oh, that, and then
0: she does, that is the scene where she gives Sunshine directions to where to go to audition, right?
1: Yes. Yes. And, boy, we'll come yeah. back to we that We will as come well. back
2: to that, but just that, like, that scene alone, it's, like, all of three minutes in length, but, like, you just full-on sociopath Rachel Berry being, yeah. like, I do this because I love you all so much. What if she's, yeah. like, what if she's just that good? Like, like what if she takes the solos that you're already not getting? Like, no.
1: Rachel's through line on this in, in this episode is Rachel saying out loud, I do this because I love you. I, 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 it's because I yeah, love you guys it so act, much. Yeah, like,
0: I, I, wasn't, I wasn't going to say it directly because it's kind of a, uh, it, it's kind of, kind, kind of a, not a great, uh comparison but it definitely she is using the language that abusers use
2: um uh, yeah. see this okay yeah
1: and they're writing it for fun and comedy yeah So
2: i because comedy uncomfortable
1: yeah i would yeah rachel I, we're not supposed to it's the same thing we're not supposed to empathi- empathize with her in this scene but we're still supposed to love her. yeah she, we're character. still supposed to follow
0: her and root for her i've growth. been reading
1: a lot of I've been reading a lot of reviews today about the Dear Evan Hansen movie, and it's that same sort of, like, vibes. Like, everyone knows what she's doing is wrong, but also you're presenting her as the person we're supposed to root for. Right. And that doesn't always work well.
2: But yeah, so then we're back in the faculty lunchroom. Um, they're just... Uh, Sue and Shu are just fully bullying this woman. Like, she is so bad so... at it, too. And Shu is terrible yeah. at it.
1: Yeah. This is... Like, I think it's because I... Been like on a glee like tolerance break, you know. We took a long time. Um, this is the first I had to. I was just in a place when I was watching this last night. I had to put this on mute and like just read the subtitles. I could not listen to Sue and Will just straight up bullying yeah. this woman and her being affected by it. It, it was it hurt, and I was like, I will read it.
0: to watch on every level, yeah. like, and you know if you're telling a story where people do bad things, and I, I think good people do do bad things for a lot of reasons, then sometimes you have to show it, but, like, it was... I don't, I don't even think they did a bad job of casting this as clearly a bad thing in in this particular scene, mm-hmm. but, boy, was it rough to watch.
1: Yeah,
2: And
0: in I that could, way, I, I kind of thought it was one of the
2: best parts of the episode, because, like, they did a really successful job at that, of all things. Oh, yeah,
0: they, they, did, they, they did a good job of showing it. And also, I mean, my, my note here is also, like, even even when it's uncomfortable, every line Jane Lynch delivers is right on target.
2: It is. Yeah. And, oddly enough, so is Beasts. Like, I think everything yeah. she said, oh, she's especially spectacular. in this scene, she's spectacular. Oh especially in the scene, because I do love that, like, we as an audience, like, completely turn around and start rooting for her and we like say what you will about whether or not they get it right but like but like the audience like gets this like we understand like what is at play
1: Um, and then the cut away to her like crying and reapplying the lipstick in the locker room I was like oh god you got me Glee Yeah, you hurt me
2: and then like you see how she takes that out in the locker room on Finn like thinking that uh Mm -hmm. She's trying to fuck with, or that th- she thinks that Finn is trying to fuck with her. Um, yeah. Because he, want, he where... brings Artie in and is like, I'd like to bring my friend uh, onto the team, even though he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, that's where it falls apart for me again, though, is that,
0: like, mm-hmm. so it makes sense why Artie is being denied a chance to join the football team. I'm not really a football mm-hmm. expert, um, but I know it's not the most accessible sport. And it even makes sense that Beast would immediately think that it's somebody, like, having a go at her. But her objection is, you know, she starts yelling at Finn saying, you're off the team. What are you trying to do? Make me look like a monster because I have to say no to him. Um, And all of this is a reasonable leap for her character to make. Uh, But again, it's the way that the show treats it because none of this is about Artie. And the show also Mm. doesn't make it about Artie. He has one line where he's like, wait, I really want to join. I want my girlfriend back. And also Abs. And like, Whatever, yes. However inane Artie's reasons are for wanting to join the football team, this is something that's happening to him. She's not even looking at him. She's not even talking to him. She's just saying it is completely ridiculous for you to bring this, uh, this kid in a wheelchair to me. She is saying that it is completely ridiculous to the point where she is offended because she thinks that it's a sick joke for Artie to do this thing that he wants to do. And the show doesn't spend any time on that what they spend time on is how upset beast is and how inconvenient it is for finn and how upsetting it is for finn to get cut from the football team as a result of it the show does not give arty a single beat to be like once again i am sidelined by my this marginalization the show does not give arty any of that time it's just heaping abuse on a disabled character and not even making it about the about that character and the show, it had just had this great scene with this great bullying scene that really gave us that window into Beast's character, and then it lost me immediately when it lost sight of the people that were being hurt in the situation.
2: Well, I have nothing to add
1: yeah. to that. <laughs> this is the problem with this episode, is there's some high highs, but there's mo- I think there is more low lows.
0: <laughs> there's yep. a lot of racism Absolutely. and a lot of ableism in this one scene. I
1: did, interestingly, I did end my notes of like, like all of this is I just I hate this and then parenthetically not as much as I hate the racism but it's still pretty bad like on the things that are uncomfortable yeah racism still ranks pretty high um but this is also yeah this
0: they they like they tried something and they missed the mark the racism they were just joking about (laughs) I know it was 2010 Um, we all thought racism was over it wasn't it wasn't it was a spoiler alert
2: spoilers for 2021 (laughs) yep yikes (sighs) um
1: and then we go to cheerios auditions
2: which i also loved this part of the episode too i
1: actually quite liked this uh quinn looks great she comes in with like her like she looks great she has a great Um, argument for
0: getting put back on the team
1: yeah she comes in with like not full mean girl but like definitely like what's the word for when someone's strategizing (laughs)
2: like the conniving nature that yeah, Sue definitely it's not quite instilled conniving. in her. It's
1: conniving, but not quite that, like, like sinister. Sure. She's just being strategic, I guess, is the way. Sure. And, like, in a way that, but, like, you're like, okay, so you're still, like, the head bitch in charge, but you're not necessarily a full mean girl yeah. at this point. right? But this is also um, the
0: first indication that we get that Quinn is, like, trying to rebuild the life that she had previously. We don't get yes. any sort of yes. internality from her, which I think is a shame, because we could have used more of that. Yeah, this totally. w-
1: they they had to cut something from this jam packed episode, and in Quinn's Quinn's plot is so like blink. you know you, you know what they could
0: have done though? Is they could have had Quinn have an inner monologue for twenty seconds, saying, "I've had my baby, I've had my summer, now I want my life back," and that could have fit perfectly into the slot where they had a whole bunch of children wearing Asian camp shirts.
1: But that's just me. <laughs> you wouldn't even have had to custom the T shirts for wouldn't have a fist fight that. in an Arby's. <laughs> Actually, what they did is they could have printed Quinn an Asian camp shirt. <laughs> and she could have worn it. Do you like it? I brought it <laughs> um, I think Tina was also wearing an Asian camp shirt. Probably. I'm not sure. I'd have to yeah. go back and look. Um, And then, in, so Sue says, no, you've still slighted me too many times from getting pregnant and whatever other bullshit happened last season. And then, and then Finn walks in, and I will say I laughed at this. I did fully laugh at Cory Monteith. Trying to do choreography, he in, played was it too? I've got yeah, the power. Uh, I think
0: so. He played a yeah, very good clown in that in that scene. It was very, very funny. Cory Monteith yep. like did did nail that performance,
1: and this scene has like original bring it on audition vibes, which is always a reference I'm willing to vibe with. like, yes. just white man dancing, like trying your best. And he was like, please, I have I've not I don't have football. I don't have anything. Which is untrue. He's still and, I, and Becky Sean Johnson Stinkley is sitting Club. there
0: going, this is sad.
1: Yeah, which oh, I love.
0: I do love that Becky's yeah. back. I love Happy that Becky's back. Her performance is so good in that scene, um, yep. and the, that scene juxtaposed with Sue telling Will about it is also a very good way to, to like, <laughs> yeah, to portray it.
1: Yeah, Will's Will's incredul- incredulity, incredulity at um at Finn like Finn him her. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it was my Finn auditioning for your Cheerios? He can't do that. <laughs> like even Will was like, "That's too much. He won't be good at that."
2: Uh, and it was so funny
0: they go. They get into it with Beast in um, Figgins's office. Yes. Uh, first of all, mm-hmm. they start out the scene with Will saying "handicapable," which is a phrase that which Glee is always loves a red flag And I hate. Um, and once again. Artie is not a part of this exchange.
1: Is Artie Artie's not room in the room. This? this is
0: about Finn no. getting cut from the football team and not about the fact that Artie wanted to join the football team, which is what began it. And he wanted to join the football team in all seriousness. Did he want to do it so he would mm-hmm. get both Tina and Abs? Yes, but why else do boys join the football team in you high school? You don't have to
1: explain your, your motivation. Like, when you go to audition yeah. for football um so they amazing. don't say tell me why you're <laughs> yeah. here today and it has to be right. for a
0: reason that's not abs but the yeah you have yeah. to be
2: here for the right
1: reasons so so like the whole they
0: they completely dismissed the Artie part Artie was a Artie was a plot device in this episode for Finn. Mm, and
1: not a person yep also, i hate
2: it just um, genuine question is handy capable not the politically correct term it's
0: condescending i don't know where
1: it stands Okay. I I mean I think... be,
0: for each individual, it like I'm not going to speak for every individual no. person with a disability. I know that the general feeling is handicapable is condescending. And okay. it's also like it's very much uh it's it's also built on into the idea where it's it's a bunch of abled people saying, You can do absolutely anything you want to and the disabled person being like Okay, I I can't run because uh, it caused me right. excruciating pain slash my legs don't work, but sure, go right. off.
2: Poppy. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, sure. Um,
1: the only source I have for this is my grandfather, um, right. who cannot walk, um, and he's not a fan of it at all. Okay. But he's like, A, an old man, and B, prefers to just refer to himself straight up as crippled. Okay. So just that's so generational that's one person's preferred yeah. just genuinely preferred language. haven't
2: heard either way on that so i was wondering um
1: it feels very like a white a, a white woman decided that handicapable yeah. was the right term sure
2: um Which, it's an know. autism mom mm. phrase yeah mm.
1: that's what it is
2: but santana um, got a boob job oh yeah yeah so
1: having having read naya rivera's memoir I'm pretty sure she wrote in that that she just got a boob job cuz she's all she had always wanted one and she was like write this into your show I've got bigger tits now. Sure. Which yeah. like I mean okay. I
0: if it's if it was something that Naya Rivera wanted for herself then that makes it yes. all slightly better. So my note here yeah. is look, the way Jane Lynch delivers the boob lines is absolutely impeccable, flawless execution on every level, but The judgment about plastic surgery here is weird, especially since, as we know last season, she canonically gets plastic surgery every year before Class Picture Day. And you'd think that she would be pro anything that gives her cheerleaders an edge. It's sloppy and inconsistent. And the reason it's sloppy and inconsistent is that we have particular judgments in this society about boob jobs
2: but there are so many boob jokes. It was so funny because I'm 12. It
0: was hilarious. (laughs) uh, Jane Lynch, I laughed very hard during that entire scene. Jane Lynch killed it. She was spectacular. Every line was delivered spectacularly. I thought it was very funny, but hating the way that the, like a particular type of plastic surgery, uh, is consistently treated in media and this does carry over into the next scene when Quinn and Santana have a big fight in the hallway.
2: Yo, I, I love that scene though. Like, I yeah. if nothing else, because they both acted the, the shit out of it. Oh yeah, it was, it a was great, so good. It
0: was it, they they did a great job. Everybody involved did a fantastic job. And like,
2: you just have Brittany on the side going, "Stop the violence." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is one. That's of, one of the funniest that Brittany moments. Performance.
1: Is also one of those like iconic Glee moments that has survived through time. Yeah, is, is uh, just Britney's like quiet deadpan. Stop the violence. Like, <laughs> it,
0: that that line. was like everybody. Everybody in this scene did a spectacular job, and much like the scene prior, yeah. I I loved it. But the again, the writing I have a problem with because Quinn has, you know. Again, we didn't get the sort of internal quin that I wanted to justify her actions here. We what we should have gotten from her is some indication that she besides being on Jacob Ben Israel's blog, some indication that she was like she was willing to do whatever it takes to return to the status that she had prior to having a child. And her response to Santana when Santana confronts her, you told Coach Sylvester about my summer surgery. The, Quinn's response could have been, I did because I want this and I'm the head bitch again and I'm going to do whatever it takes to get it. But instead, Quinn just uses Sue Sylvester's equally sort of like arbitrary line to draw of judging Santana for getting a boob job instead of saying, you're right, I did screw you over because I this, this is what I want and I'm in charge again.
1: And I, will do I think it I would
0: have been be a more powerful Quinn moment if she had said, this is like, this is for me. But instead, it felt like she was also feeling equally betrayed by Santana for her boobs. Which is a bizarre sure. thing! So... It is. It, like, Sue's, Sue's justification is also Quinn's justification. Their justification is, it is wrong to get a boob job. Um, and that doesn't feel true to either of the characters. Uh... But the boob lines were point. hilarious
2: very funny
1: the boob lines were hilarious i do think like i said the fact that this was something that was a real life naya rivera decision that yeah had i it's a clumsy work in violence. that does, it does make me feel
0: much better about it that this is something that naya rivera specifically said they didn't just said. decide
1: to make fun of the fact that she
0: wanted her boobs to be in glee honestly that's queen shit yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. i like i'm
0: i'm much much happier with these scenes in general knowing that they were they were ham-fistedly put in there because naya rivera was like talk about my boobs
1: like honestly
0: Um, we should all be bringing that energy into our lives I almost said it to our workplaces, but maybe not.
2: (laughs) Karina and I, the children's librarians. I'm going to go into work tomorrow and be like, everybody, please talk about my boobs.
1: I guess, Ian, out of all of us in our various chosen professions, yours is the most likely that someone would be able to talk about (laughs) your boobs.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Actors do weird shit.
2: It's true. Um, And also, there was definitely a moment after Shu broke up the fight where he was, like, holding Quinn back, and it was 100% evocative of that fanfiction that we read in our bonus episode, and yes. I flashed back immediately.
1: To the chemistry between um, Quinn and Mr. G. Yep. Yup. Now that's all you can see. <laughs> Keep an eye out. Yikes. Um, Quinn's Quinn's parting shot to Naya, to Naya Rivera to Santana was, tighten up your pony, which I think is a weird thing to say to someone. I thought it was great. I know it's, like... <laughs> It's cheerleading, but I'm like, that doesn't feel like a final brutal shot. Like, that's, you know. That feels a little sure. desperate. Be a little more insulting. Yeah. Um, and then it's time for Glee auditions. Except uh, it's not na- because no
0: one shows up. Oh, yeah. No one shows up first. Yeah.
1: No one but- shows up. Um, Finn is disappointed because Sam didn't show. Everyone is confused because Sunshine didn't show. Rachel Berry is wearing bobby socks, which is quite a look to be rocking. If you don't know what bobby socks are, it's like those little socks p- your mom makes you wear on Easter when you're a girl. They have like lace, you know, like you're wearing like Mary Jane flats and socks that come up to just onto your ankle and they have little lace around them. Bobby
0: no socks. No idea what you're
1: talking about. I know
2: exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but
1: The two children. And I was, just
2: like, I was just like, yeah, I get it. Even though I am neither a girl nor celebrate Easter.
1: Look, you either know about Bobby socks or you don't. <laughs> Everything you said. There are two like kinds a, of people in the world. Like a different language.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here, Bobby socks. Oh,
0: they look like like you have like ruffles around your ankles.
1: Yeah, and they're like, why are you wearing an ankle sock with a fancy shoe? And you're like, okay. Um, that's not even the weirdest fashion choice though, because Kurt is giving like vague leather daddy vibes yes. for his look. I don't know if anyone else, like he's like Kurt decided it doesn't matter if I'm a high school student, I think I will wear some fun leather strap hearts. Kurt harness contains today.
0: multitudes. He can wear <laughs> yeah. a cool leather jacket that gets slushied, he can wear a woman's sweater and he can wear a slight leather daddy vibe. It's a
1: harness. He's gonna wear a harness to school. He is true to himself.
0: Yeah, my next note is a little sex offender joke as a treat.
1: Yeah, I, I realize that the next part is just, oh, uncomfortable sexual yeah. assault Yeah, oh, I, I have yeah, three I really... as
0: a treat jokes here. One is for homophobia, one is for ableism, and one is for sex offense. Yay. Yay.
1: The long and short of it is that Sue has convinced poor Brittany to accuse Coach Beast of sexually assaulting her. Um, we get a classic show me on the doll um, but it's a Cheerio. Yeah, it, it does appear They, have, they have a Cheerio and doll. One positive. And it almost looks, it's a blonde Cheerio doll which almost makes me think that someone made a doll specifically of Brittany. Which I think and she is something she,
0: that Brittany would do.
1: Well, here's the okay. thing. When this scene ends, she leaves with it. So if, <laughs> <laughs> like, as she's exiting the office, she's holding the doll. Which I thought was like, well, it's nice of them to let Brittany keep the, the, the effigy <laughs> of her they made. But you're right. It's very possible that Britney has a Britney doll and is like, here's... Why not? Good news, everyone. Good I news. brought this to school with me.
2: Um. So like the, that's
1: the only positive note Like, of instead scene. of a sack
2: of flour for health class, you just made and brought along a little doll of her.
0: Yeah. yeah so Will shuts this then, one down. Was this down. the one?
2: Yes, that yeah. was the scene where Will, like... I can't even say we have, like, the redemption arc because it we just go back to one on this one with Will because he just kind of acts like an asshat again and then, like, turns out he is just a morally upstanding dude. Gotta be, like, gotta be mm-hmm. honest, okay? And so Brittany admits that um, Beastie didn't, Beast didn't touch her boobs. She wants to touch her boobs. Cool. Yeah. And then Sue Fine. pushes a bunch of kids out of the way and that's really funny.
0: <laughs> it is. Yep. Um, oh, yeah, and Very she does classic. that because that... That conversation ends because Mike and Tina run up to Will and say, "Uh, we have a big problem. And so Sue pushes a bunch of children down the stairs and (laughs) leaves.
1: (laughs) God bless Dignans for giving it her all every Every single Every episode, she she
0: takes whatever they give her and she makes it good. She makes it funny, anyway.
1: My next note is, boy, Rachel sucks ass. Rachel sucks ass, and apparently,
2: is it that... Tina and Mike found out about it because, quote, the Asian community is very tight. That's exactly and that's how what they find it is. It. So, and that's how they found out that Rachel Berry sent Sunshine to a former crack house.
1: Yeah, uh, They don't even say former. They just say not, not active.
2: active. Not Which, active. That so was the word my note
0: do. on this is the Asian community is very tight, but the explanation makes it sound like they have telepathy. Like Sunshine <laughs> just got here. She's an exchange student. Even if they had met her before, it's not like they have a tracking device on her phone. And the way that Mike delivers the line is the exact same energy as the moment in the Emperor's new groove. When Cusco is like, how'd you get here? And Isma's like, how did we get here? And Krunk says, by all <laughs> accounts, it doesn't make sense. Like, it except the answer, instead of being narrative convenience, is just that they're using the innate Asian trait number 18, which is telepathy. <laughs> which, to be clear, we do have, but we're not supposed to tell white people about it.
2: Thank fucking Christ, I've been waiting for months. <laughs> um, I just love, oh my god, thank you for that, rascal. Ah, oh, that made my night. <laughs> so, so, in in additional
0: racism, crack house, also <laughs> racially charged in a different way. The connotations yeah. inescapably racist. Our association with drug abuse equally racist. Um, Glee just kind of uses it as a joke, and it does it does become a recurring joke a little bit where it's like, Oh, that one time Rachel sent a girl to a crack house within the Glee universe, within the context of the episode, we know that she put her in serious danger. Um, Implying that a crack house in air quotes is a serious, dangerous place that exists instead of being like a media portrayal of a racist stereotype is itself a problem, but it's also treated like Rachel. Uh, Rach. Up oh, that Rachel. She's doing her crazy thing again. Instead of back at it again. In, instead of mm-hmm. much like her her racist tirade earlier, um, being a serious problem with this girl. <laughs>
2: yeah, Rachel's still the main and then, character. Yay. And then we, but mm-hmm. we do get Sunshine back, and she auditions with that Phantom Band, um, with mm-hmm. Listen by Beyonce and Dreamgirls, which is excellent. It is an excellent rendition of a great song. That it checks all the pop music boxes. Um, I love and... it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's so good. She did, it is so she, good. She,
0: Jake, Zyrus, and Sunshine—the character—did such a good job with it. And I wonder if Leah Michelle was acting during that scene.
1: That is literally my note here. Is I said this is a Leah Michelle is not acting moment. Yep. She is watching this yep. and is going fuck. And. Brian, she's like, she's watching this and saying, I need to go speak to Ryan Murphy. Yes, exactly. And now. my
0: note here is also, like, if this was a different episode, if they, like, if Glee, if, if without context, um, I, I said, oh, so Glee has the song Listen in it, everybody would say, oh, a Leah Michelle song. You know, Leah Michelle mm-hmm. would do a great job at that song, and she would. It's like, it's the kind or of Mercedes. song. Or Mercedes, yeah, but, you yeah. know, they'd give it to Leah Michelle. It's the kind of song that Leah Michelle would do great at but no they give it they sunshine in this scene is singing a song that rachel berry wishes that she was singing and she yep absolutely killed it like incredible yep.
2: yeah um however um, this this episode for being titled audition is barely about <laughs> there's very little audition. Like, the <laughs> fact that au- the fact auditions ...are pretty much the B-plot of this episode.
1: Yes. That's a good point that I didn't think of. Yeah. Um, My notes for this is that I can recognize it as being a good song, but it's, like, super not my vibe of musicalist Right. So my notes were more abstract, like, did she bring her own bedazzled microphone to this audition? I was wondering um, that, too. A la uh, April Rhodes. And also, my own sadness that I never figured out, because how to wear a beret properly mm. people um, yeah. in movies and tv are always look so good wearing berets and i've never been able to pull it off i feel
2: like i feel like i've seen you in a beret before and i and i think it looks good that's
1: because i own one and i've tried to wear it many times but i've never looked as good as you do i think you feel like or in I order to wear
0: it, it though it has to be stretched out or it will just mm. fall off your head i i don't really understand right, that's the thing how it stays on
1: it's pins. It's pinned in her and to and um all right. That is why. Um if you're curious, uh I believe Jake Zyrus had his manager approach glee to be on the show. I oh. think they were I don't think it was the yeah. other way around. Okay. Um but they've been making the rounds of various like uh competition shows, mm. maybe specifically in the Philippines. Okay. So Interesting career, look into it. Yeah. Uh but... yeah, I fully believe Leah Michelle's not acting in this. This is Leah Michelle being afraid of her for her career and going to speak to the manager about <laughs> it. Yep.
2: Oh man, yep. Yep. Um, ma'am, this is Glee. Um Yep. But we don't get to see Sunshine anymore because Cheyenne Jackson pops in to take Adina Menzel's place and bring sunshine over to Vocal Adrenaline. Um
1: so, first of all, Cheyenne Jackson's character's name is Dustin Goolsby. Sure. Um, another which incredible someone, villain name. Fun glee trivia fact is that Cheyenne Jackson was supposed to play the whack job choreography Dakota Stanley back in season one, mm. who insulted everyone, but wasn't available. Which is why I think I always get those two people conflated in my head, because Dakota Stanley and Dustin Goolsby are names that have similar energy. Yep. And they dress basically the same and have the same vibe, which makes sense because both characters were written for Cheyenne Jackson.
2: Right. Um, right.
1: Uh, also, a fun mention that the reason he was able to uh, get Sunshine to join Vocal Adrenaline is that he got her an apartment and her mom a green card. Yeah. Yeah. Which is um, just a
2: nice thing to do.
1: Well, It's a nice thing to do. Weird. I, we had
0: no indication that Sunshine's mom wanted or needed a green card up until now. It's right. it's played off very much as of course she does, like it's She's not even like it's it's so it's unaddressed because we buy it innately as just you know sunshine's from the Philippines of course her mom wants a green card. Um, there was we never had any indication from any conversation with sunshine that she was anything but an exchange student for one semester, so we oh, we really weird. didn't yeah. need to justify that. Like, we didn't need that line at all. If it was just she was transferring to the Vulgal Adrenaline School uh, because because she she didn't want to get sent to more crack houses because she believed that she was in danger from Rachel Berry, that would have been justification enough. That was a weird addition.
1: Um, I do want to give a quick call back to the bathroom scene where Rachel Berry, when saying that she has essentially Facebook stalked Sunshine, yeah. says, like, your name is Sunshine Corazon because you come from the Philippines where it's sunny every day. And then sometimes goes, except for the yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that was good.
1: Um, which is a great way to make Rachel look dumb. Like yes, you know? it, yep. it Rachel does um, look
2: dumb in that
0: scene, but it is it does fall into the yeah. trap of, oh, that Rachel's so dumb, instead of, wow, Rachel's yeah. a huge racist, and that's a problem. So
1: everyone's mad at Rachel because they squander their chance to win against Fogal Adrenaline and um, Rachel tries to get Finn to be like, no, I just agree with her where she's like, I just did it because I love the team and I care about the team so much. And he calls her on her bullshit being like, no, No. like we're dating and that's cool, but like, that's not why you did it. And she's like, you're right. I did it because I need to be the star. She sounds fully unhinged. And then they make this weird proclamation that neither of them are going to break up with each other.
2: Fine, okay.
1: And then she sings "What I Did for Love." Oh God!
2: Oh, God, don't bring her into this. What did Marvin Hamlish do to you? Like I this, okay, so this whole what song. What I did for love. I just
0: yeah. I I spent it going, wow. We could have ended the episode. Uh, how many minutes ago? When?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. What, what is I did it do For Love here? Happens to be my favorite musical theater song of all time.
1: And a yes, chorus yeah, line
2: is my favorite like musical of all time. Did not need this song. Did not need Leah Michelle to be singing this Mega Over the top Um, she sounded great. I didn't like this scenario. Um, because it's not like it's one of those complicated, like, songs where it's not like it's not supposed to be a sad song. It is reflective, it is whimsical, but it's not like a it's not, like, a downer. And she turned this into, mm-hmm. like, just, like... She turned this back into I Dreamed a Dream. Like, <laughs> I didn't need it.
0: I can't even tell what it was trying yeah. to say. I mean...
1: So, it's interesting that you say that, Ian, because as I was reading, as I do, like, reviews, reactions to this from the time, that people A lot of people are like, She sounds amazing! And that's all they thought about the song. But a couple people, like, looked into her like, Yeah, she sounds good singing it, but, like, what is the context here? One reviewer that I quite like wrote that, like, it basically is, like, hey, this is a song about Rachel Berry singing about her own ego. It is. That's exactly it. Because we finally acknowledge that Rachel
0: is awful and the things she was doing were selfish, and then she gets this big number, but what does it add? The only thing the number could possibly be about is, like, yeah, I love myself, but we did not need to hear her sing about it. It, like, it
1: not in a way that's supposed to make her look and especially too. not the way a song with scene. so
0: many similarities to listen in the way that it is like uh the, to the way that it's presented for one thing listen would have been a stronger final song um
2: 100 but
0: also it like it kind of feels like the show was like oh but rachel we still gotta show up at the end we still gotta give rachel the big number
2: because yeah, she hasn't had do one And we gotta give one to the musical theater nerds that are waiting for it. But, like, this song, like, it's not about your ego. And, like, I hate to be, like, a purist about it, but, like, the, the quote, moment before, as we say in the the biz, um, before that song in context, like, this dude has just eliminated himself from, like, the audition process because he hurt himself, like, in the middle of a dance call. And the director goes, if today were the day you had to stop dancing, what would you do? And it is very much, like, a come to Jesus moment where they're sort of grappling with their own like career's mortality and it is not about their egos at all it is about like I guess I can say I tried I can't regret yeah. I can't regret what I did because this is what makes me feel love like it's just yeah
0: <sighs> and if that's the context that they were going for with Rachel Berry then uh it means that she can't regret racism and endangering her peers
1: she can't regret being such yeah a bad she can't regret being a terrible person her... and also
0: lying to her friends because yeah she it's what makes her feel love
1: yeah so this song uh no i i it, like honestly and you're right it's there to check boxes a musical theater song and an episode that's been mostly pop a Leah michelle song where she hasn't been featured and she did just here. get showed up um, by one of their guests yeah, and uh, and giving her the final number. But I do like to imagine this narrative in my head where Leah Michelle watched the performance of "Listen," marched into Ryan Murphy's <laughs> Give office. Give me and another said, one. No, <laughs> I I need it. I need it <clears throat> all I have is now. telephone,
0: and I'm sharing that one. Give me another one. Give me one Give me that's the equal or, or equal to or better than "Listen." Didn't pull it. "Listen" yep. Listen's the better number.
2: Yep.
1: Yep. Well, we all we all been knowing. Um. And that's it. The The episode ends with Rachel, like, walking into the Glee classroom, presumably to apologize, but we actually don't see her do it. Yeah. So, once again, uh, fuck Rachel. Yep.
2: <laughs> this In this episode really
1: is Rachel Berry sucks ass. Uh, the musical. The, the first two <laughs>
2: episodes of the season, that is very much the vibe.
1: Yeah. <sighs> um, but now let's, you know, let's stop thinking about... Racism and transphobia and ableism and start thinking about what this show's really about. Music, I guess. (laughs) Okay. So this episode featured technically eight songs, which is wild when you think about the fact that it is only an hour-long program. Mm -hmm. Um, Only four of them released as singles, but we like to go through all of them anyway. So, let's say, way back in 2010, 11 years ago... You had some money on an iTunes gift card that you're going to throw at a song from this episode to put on your iPod. Here are your choices. You have Empire State of Mind. Technically, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Telephone. Technically, Getting to Know You. Billionaire. I'm not going to count the power because, um, Wikipedia page. They just played that on a boombox. They didn't sing that. Um, Listen and What I Did for Love.
0: Listen's the best song um, mm-hmm. The one I'm gonna actually listen to most frequently is "Telephone."
1: Is it because you will just be imagining the homoerotic? Scene I will be the
0: imagining background? the homoerotic scene, and I will be writing my fan fiction. Um, but also, yeah. it's just a catchier song to do dishes to. Like, um, Yeah. I like listen I is say, listen though. is spectacular, but there you have to be in a dramatic mood to be listening to it.
1: Yeah. I will say we didn't touch on this because we were too busy talking about how gay it was, but the auto-tune on Leah Michelle oh, so during the telephone number was out of Especially control. Especially when they, they just out had Jacob and
0: Israel lampshading the auto-tune, yeah. and then they went that hard on it.
1: Yeah. Was that supposed to be? I haven't listened to Telephone in a while. Is that supposed to be how it sounds? I think there like, is I guess they do some auto-tune that.
0: in Telephone, but it sounds intentional,
1: It would have only worked if they had made telephone into the full production number, like mimicking the music video. Instead, it's just two girls singing in a bathroom. Like it would have been really cool if that was a
2: duet between like Rachel and Santana or something, or like Rachel and Quinn. Yeah, like that would. There's much
1: more potential for the telephone song, but what we did get was beautiful in its own way. Sure, Ian, what song are you you picking? So
2: like, mine's a two part answer because if I were going with 2010, Ian, he might be going with what I did for love just for the chorus line of it all. Um mm-hmm. realistically I'd probably go with listen just because like it was just so fucking well done.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um I think my answer is also telephone because for similar reasons I I wouldn't be listening to Listen in my free time. Right. Yeah. Listen and, is a is
0: a song that you have to actually pay attention to. Um yeah. because And There's, that performance deserves it.
1: Telephone's a funny bop and it doesn't have any white boys rapping <laughs> that's in it. Um which is what disqualified both billionaire and I mean, Empire State of good Mind. Good for I mean.
2: all of us for like not having those any of those as our first or second choices.
1: Here's the thing: I, having listened to them for this episode, I was like I said, reminded I'm like, oh, I don't care about those songs anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Goodness. Um, Yo,
2: rascal. Did we do our uh, little yeah, did
1: quiz? did we make you do our game?
0: Um, no, I believe the last time I
2: was on was, was pre pre, pre- okay. little game. Wow, okay, There's, let's play okay, this well game. Okay, we have just
1: a little tiny game for you. <laughs> so,
2: um, is there a song or an artist or a musical entity that you wish, that you would have liked to have seen Glee cover? Um, okay, there
0: is a correct answer to this, which you guys will see okay. later this season, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. I will say that even though it would have been impossible the song that i would most like to see glee do because i think that tina would absolutely kill it is a is to cover as a metal cover the song that kelly clarkson wrote for the movie Truel's world tour which came out i believe last year uh it's called born to die it was written to be a country song but really it's a pop song with banjos in but it sounds like it was intended to be a cheesy metal song Uh, My friend and I actually have we have we have spoken of plans to do that cover ourselves because it would be that good, and Tina would kill it. So give Tina solos.
1: I can't believe this is. I'm so glad that you were the person to bring trolls world. I'm so glad that I'm not the
0: only one having a hard time saying the title.
1: I didn't realize how hard it was to say. I've been calling it Trolls 2 forever. Pretty much. And I'm surprised Um, we have not brought
2: the Trolls universe into the podcast to this point yet. It it should be Here's a fun fact.
1: When the second Trolls uh, premiered, uh, Rask and I both paid 20 American dollars to watch (laughs) it on the day that it came out. It was supposed to be on theater and we watched it together, uh, texting each other on the internet, watching it at the same time, because we had plans. We had bought tickets we had tickets we had to opening real movie night. We had tickets to see trolls. We I believe we had. And tickets then the pandemic happened. Too. We couldn't go. I was in a vague like, standoff with my family because that was also one of the first nights of Passover. And I was like, I can't go to Passover. I got to go see <laughs> trolls 2 in theaters.
0: So, yeah, but instead, that
1: is... I paid twenty dollars to watch it. On also, the for
0: for my for our personal association, in addition to the fact that they would absolutely kill it, that's my unequivocal answer. I wish I, I wish that Glee had had the chance to have Tina do the metal cover of "Born to Die" from Trolls World Tour.
1: Yes, wonderful. Now, the
2: second part of this question is: Is there any artist, song, or musical enti- entity, etc., that you are glad Glee could not touch?
0: Well. I don't know if they didn't touch it. Um, I have thought a lot about this question. Um, And there is a song that I don't know if they did it or not. It's possible that they did. Um, If they did it, they would definitely sound great doing it. They have the ability to make it sound great. And in many circumstances, it would be great if they did it. Like if this is a song that they said, we're going to do this for regionals or as part of a performance, it would be great. But I don't trust Glee. I don't trust them to do it not in a plot way where a character is singing it semi-diegetically, where they are singing it about a circumstance in their life. That song is Stacy's mom. Okay. Okay. (laughs) The expression on your face just now says it all. I don't want to live in a world where Glee is doing Stacy's mom because I don't trust them to not have a plot where Puck, yeah. for instance, is cleaning pools, and
1: singing about and someone's mom.
0: He's cleaning pools for his classmate Stacy. Like, I just don't. I just don't trust that the world would not look like that. So um, I don't want them to two... do Stacy's mom
1: for that reason. I honestly think that's the
2: best answer we've heard so far. <laughs>
1: um, they don't do. Stacy's They don't do
0: Stacy's mom. mom. Okay, because they they did Jesse's girl and they had a character named jesse specifically i believe for that reason so that was really it where i was like i know that they would do a terrible job covering a lot of songs but they do a good job covering stacy's mom it's just the circumstances that would lead to it are not circumstances that i want on my television
2: yep
1: that's a really real answer Alright. Uh, and I'm glad it doesn't exist. Wow. Wow, wow, wow.
2: Um... <laughs> well, thank you so much, Rascal, for being part of this episode. Thank you for bringing me on again, even yes.
0: though you knew how much I talk.
2: <laughs> oh man, I... we love it. I was so looking forward it's to this.
0: Good... I have three um... and a half pages of single space notes on this on this episode, and like half of it is about Asian camp. Yeah! Well,
1: I mean, to be fair, if you gotta write an essay about anything, writing it about Asian camp is a very real thing. <laughs> Um, is there places that people can locate you on the internet and anything you would like to uh, to plug to let people know oh
0: boy Um, so you can find me on twitter at elevator lich Um, you can find me on itch.io as rascalin I believe Uh, boy I should know that Um, I yep rascalin Um, I make games Uh, some of them are good some of them I cannot talk about, uh, but I have um I I have games up on my Twitter page that you can peruse, uh, and if you would like to follow me there, I talk a lot about soup and very little yeah. about anything else. Yeah.
1: I've played both the games that she has up currently. I want to play them. The lab. The you soup. absolutely
0: can. They're uh there are ways that i make fun of myself and one of them is on tv tropes now where can
2: people find you karina
1: oh you can find me on both twitter and instagram at epic um it's fine there oh i guess technically you can also find me on tiktok under the same name um it's it's worse there (laughs) but it's there (laughs) ian where can people find you? And is perhaps there anything you'd like to plug at the moment? Oh, my
2: God. Thank you so much for that question. Um, <laughs> yes, you can find me at iBroski on Twitter and Instagram, um, at iBrods on TikTok. It's not There's not a lot going on there, but um, I think there's some funny stuff happening on other parts of TikTok, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, com And uh, you can stream or buy whatever you want. Uh, my single and my album, Clever But Devastating, wherever you get music. Um, yeah, I, the, as we're recording this, the single has come out and the album is on its way, and, um... The response to the single has been very, 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 very kind. Um, Rascal, Karina sent me what you said, and that was probably the coolest thing I've ever heard in my life. I so don't thank you. remember what I said about it. I know it
0: slaps. I can tell you. It absolutely thank slaps. You. Thank um, you. Yes,
1: the single slaps. Uh, Rascals, oh God, boy, why do we... I definitely saved it. Discuss so much. I, I sent it to you in a text, which would have been the smarter way to do it. Um... I did send it to Rascal unprompted because I do need to make everyone uh, listen to this. Boy. Um, Rascal's review of Ian's first single uh, titled It's Getting Cold. uh, Quote. I wanted to be part of like a slice of life, funny but charming style sitcom show where you follow a bunch of millennials just trying to make it in the world, but with the same production ethos of Scrubs where it's a single camera and also a musical.
2: That is the single (laughs) greatest compliment I ever could have received.
0: I'm glad you got what I was going for because it's, it sounds more unhinged when I heard it
2: played back to me. Oh no, you, you nailed (laughs) my life goals. That's like Yeah, I was
1: gonna say though that's why I sent it to Ian. I was like, oh this is exactly what <laughs> me. Elaborate exactly, metaphors that is my dream
2: are exactly job. where I live. That's my dream job is exactly that.
0: Uh, well you're so, well on I'll your way because the music Thank is you. just right for it. Oh it's like it'd be like pushing daisies almost. Ooh, mm. cool. Where like but like with more Ian... music.
1: <laughs> Qu- I this I know we're in like the outro part, but Ian, quick question. What would you do if Glee did one of your songs? <laughs> Ian, who do you oh, no. think in the Glee cast currently? Wait, I have a new answer single. for your game. <laughs> 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 I'm glad they <laughs> couldn't touch it.
2: Aw, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um God, I don't know. I I mean, I feel like I haven't seen all of Glee yet, so I don't know who I feel like it would end up going to Darren Chris. Because he's got that mm. vi- like Vipey, he's got that boppy like, energy, that vibe. Yeah, he'd um, actually
0: he'd actually do a good job with it.
2: He
1: actually do a great job. <laughs> which but is that's which is part of my Lea problem Michelle as well. Michelle sings, "It's getting cold,"
2: but it would be like a fourth higher. It would be very weird, and it would be very sad about Finn for some reason.
1: Uh. Yes, someone maybe died. Unclear. Um. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll wait for you. Uh. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, thank you, um... Rascal, for being here. Thank you to all of you for listening and joining us again after our long hiatus. I'm going to say it out loud now to try to make it true that our next break in between seasons will not be quite that long because barring any giant events, it shouldn't have to be. Right. Fingies crossed. Yeah. Um. So thank you. I'm only saying that because I'm like one of those people as a podcast listener who I'm like, why can't these people give me all their time? And <laughs> But I, well, I do feel a like we did, maker, uh, we did like, a good
2: job of coming through with the bonus content and the hashtag Boko. Yes, bo-co. go listen to
1: the Boko if you haven't um and if you're enjoying yourself please rate review subscribe um if you're curious as to where the algorithm likes things it's apple Podcasts is the place where yes uh, where podcast reviews may have the most impact
2: oh and the show is at gleeaggressive at gmail.com yes. we want to hear your thoughts and feelings um and uh, we're excited to be back because we already have some excellent guests yeah. lined up. So please stick around. Stay tuned. Um, we'll be back in a second to do stuff, as Amanda Bynes one- once said.
1: Yeah. Tweet tweet us what your audition song would Ooh, be. Yes. Something that they didn't cover in this uh, show right? at all. Yeah, you'd think that oh, would have come up. Separate yeah.
2: podcast where I just talk about the missed opportunities of them going through their books like dumbass musical theater majors like the rest of us.
1: Send us your fanfictions. Anyway, Ian, does this episode of Glee make you want to watch the next episode of Glee? Uh,
2: it doesn't not make me want to watch it.
1: Honestly, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>